Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting... Oh! Let him play! You bet one one bone to win 19? I'm sorry. Where, what site do you use where you can actually bet one buck? <laughs> they let you do 50 cent bets. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally, like he dropped Superman down like the drain, comes out. Like, God damn it, Superman. <laughs> I don't know, honey. I don't know where he got that from. From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City, part of the Dit Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina. Good evening, sports. Uh, no, no. Good afternoon, sports fans. A pleasure to have you here for the big random questions show, focusing principally on soccer, but maybe we get into other stuff too. Uh, and it's good to have you with us from the Dave in the City studios at the home of champions, Southern California, and uh, our champions um, in the off season at this moment. But uh, except for the Dodgers, they're, they're they're doing they're hanging in there, trying to battle back for the division lead against the Giants. Huge series starting tonight in the city by the bay. So uh, that's going to be a big topic here in L.A. But tonight, or I keep saying tonight, today we're going to be getting into some soccer and other stuff. And it's good to have our friend Parcells falling out. He's back with us. And we're going to just get right into it on America's favorite moment in, in Sports Talk Podcasting. Do the dance. It's time for Random Questions. Good stuff. A little rusty, but uh, man, it's good to see you again. How are you doing, Parcells? Doing good. What's up, Dave? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So, you know, the biggest thing I think that that's been the biggest thing in the last like couple months has been soccer. I mean, certainly the NBA finals are great. I don't know if you were watching some of that too, but props to the yeah. Milwaukee Bucks. What a what a great what a great win for them. I mean, I'm. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't get to cover it that much on the show, but I mean, I was watching it, and man, Giannis, just unreal, wasn't he? Yeah, it was a great series. Um, I I just enjoyed the fact that it was two different teams. Right. I know, you know, obviously, you know, your Lakers weren't there, but to see two different cities like Milwaukee and Phoenix, uh, stars like Chris Paul and, and Devin Booker, and of course, Giannis, um, I thought it was a great series. I, you know, I love I loved watching every game, and you know, I, I I didn't miss I didn't miss LeBron not being there, uh, <laughs> or you know, Anthony Davis. You know, those those guys. So I, I thought it was terrific. Yeah, I did too. Like, look, I know. I mean, I always want the Lakers to win, but with them not being in the mix, like I'm happy that we had some fresh blood. The NBA need, has needed that for a long time. It's been too much of the same, too much of the same thing, too many of the same teams. So um, I'm happy for it. I'm actually happy that in the end, I'm happy that Milwaukee won. I did go in there rooting for Phoenix, but honestly, Chris Paul is tough to take. So it's not, I'm not that, really that beat up over him losing out on that scenario. And Giannis is a pretty good guy, it looks like. And he just performed really well. So uh, props to the Bucks and their fans. Their fans are really into it. And that's, that's what you want to see. You want to see fans who are thirsty. You know, it was great. And both sides really were. Like Phoenix hadn't been to a funnels in a long time. And Milwaukee hadn't, and fifty years coming for those guys. That's a that's an awesome scenario. So, yeah, I, uh, the energy was great from both fan bases, and I was kind of like you uh, a bit. I started out rooting for Phoenix. Um, you know, I probably like Chris Paul a little more uh, than you from what you just said. But it kind of as the series went on, um, I started pulling for Milwaukee. You know, yeah. and I was kind of glad to see uh, to see them win. 
Yeah, I'm with that. I mean, so good for them. I think it's it's nice to see that every every now and again with the NBA, and um, and we move on. So in addition to all the NBA stuff, we've had just incredible soccer, uh, principally in in the continent of Europe. But Copa America too was a scenario. Was a scenario. Um, we'll start with Euros. Now, this is a big moment for Italy. Now, Italy isn't exactly a long suffering program or a long-suffering uh, whatever you would call it selection I mean they've been in a lot of World Cups they've won a lot of championships um, but this is quite a triumph and I think even as a favorite they've they met a lot of competition going into the final and uh, all these games are great so I mean I, I think we could start from the end which was the penalty kicks where three sure. English players missed a penalty kick that had to be a killer. Now I know that some of those guys were are, are on English or Premier League teams. I know that you know at least one person from uh, from Man U, right? Uh, but yeah. tell us about the about that final game. I mean, we can start at the end and then get into the rest of it. But what a game and what a finish and what heartbreak for England. Yeah, so it's it's tough when a game like that comes down to penalty kicks. You know, you just you you want to see it one in the first in the first 90 minutes or then in in uh extra time in the uh in that 30 minute session you know those penalty kicks were tough um i you know i i, I think england england really blew it by not um by not playing more offensive in the first 90 minutes they did okay in the uh in the extra time periods but as 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 for the kicks so you brought up the three guys who missed. Uh, two of them are currently Manchester United players. The the third guy plays for Arsenal. The the problem was is is that they brought two of the guys on, the two Manchester United players on in the 119th, 120th minute, mm. and they, there's no feel for the game. And you, their first touch of the ball is going to be on the PKs. And it's just, you're putting, great, those guys to professionals, they're some of the best in the world. You can say all that. But you put anybody in that spot, the first touch of the ball is those PKs with all the pressure in front of your home crowd at Wembley Stadium. I, I mean, that's a tough spot. You know, those two guys should have been brought on at least in the 110th minute. Get in the flow of a game. You know, it's like pulling a guy off the bench in basketball game seven to shoot a technical with five <laughs> seconds left. Right, right. I mean, I mean, should he make the free throw? Of course. But it's such a tough spot you're putting those guys in um, that it wasn't so much a surprise that they that that they failed. Yeah. And, and another thing I think you, you alluded to this, too. They were they were just kind of holding their guys back in the second half, and it really they should have been more aggressive. They should have forced it into the other team's half of the field. You know, they were right there, and and I think once they scored their goal, they thought they were going to sit on it. And I, I hate when teams do that. Now I don't know, I can't speak to exactly what their talent level is as far as offense, but it, you would think it's been pretty good. I mean, you've had some you've had some great scores on there. I was. I'm not saying I'm surprised that they did it, but I'm disappointed because I felt like if they had just been a little bit more, had forced the issue a little bit more, been more assertive uh, in um, trying to score that second goal, I think things could have been different. Yeah, you're you're 100 percent right. And you know what? 
all props to Italy. They deserved it. They mm-hmm. were the best team the entire tournament. Uh, they were better. They were the better team that game. So you know, they they deserved the win. Personally, I thought England is the more talented team. The problem is, is that the entire tournament, they played a little too conservative. Um, so, you know, if you watch some of the ESPN stuff leading up to the game, Steve McManaman, who was one of the analysts, he, he was a former England national team player. And he, he really couched it and he was trying to be kind of, he was trying to be nice about it. He was saying that they were playing too negative, meaning they weren't moving forward. I thought I thought their manager Garrett Southgate really did them a disservice. It, to me, they had the most talent of any squad in the tournament. Um, they had some of the best offensive players. They had guys on the bench who would start for any other national team, and so that, so he played that way the entire tournament. And he was just squeaking out some wins outside. I think they beat Ukraine for for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, they drew with Scotland. Um, they barely beat Denmark. Yep. Uh, so they they didn't have the most difficult path to get to that final game. Nowhere near as difficult as Italy did. So the day of the the day of the match when the the team sheet the team formation who was starting came out, I looked at it, I was uh oh, and I think I may have even tweeted about it that I it just didn't look right. Instead of going with the back four four defensive players. He went with a back five. So he's not he's not playing to his own team's strength. He's more concerned about Italy. Now, granted, when you play a back five, you have three, three center backs and two wings who are the left back and the right back. They're defensive players. Right in front of those five, he has two what's called holding midfielders. Mm-hmm. These guys play a little more defensive and protect the center backs. So right there, you have a five and two who are more defensive minded than, than, than should be. So seven of your 10 guys are defensive minded. And then you have your three forwards. So he, he, they played a five, two, three, and it's difficult to get the ball from the two to the three because those guys aren't offensive studs they're more defensive so they came out playing this formation they get a goal two minutes in and actually it looked it looked like the formation was working because one wing crossed the ball over the box to the left back who banged it in two minutes into the game but then they went into a bit of a shell and decided yes. to defend for 88 minutes and mm. you brought that point up and you're 100 percent right so you know in in soccer terms, they call it parking the bus when you do that. <laughs> you know, basically, you know, you're taking your the, your foot off the pedal. Yeah, that's, that's that's what we say about it. So they parked the bus. They tried to get they they tried to keep a clean sheet for those last 88 minutes. And I forget where it was, somewhere around the 65th, 66th minute. Um, Italy gets a corner kick. Ball is loose in the box, and they bang it in. And then you've been playing the whole time. It's tough to flip the switch and start playing offensive. Yeah. So, you know, he he's come, the, their manager, Garrett Southgate, he's come under some criticism for the way he handled it. And I think rightly so, because like I said, they have some of the best offensive players 
in the world. And these guys were on the bench for most of this match. That's just crazy to think about that. They would try to commit to that maybe because in deference to the talent on the Italy side, but that's still just such a crazy thing. It's like if you played prevent defense, the entire game in the NFL, which is just like weird. Like, why would you do that? Like, it seems crazy. Well, it's like, it's like if, if, if the Kansas City Chiefs decided to run the ball fifty times, <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's a good analogy. Right? You, you, it's a great analogy. Yeah, I mean, you you just don't you you don't do that. You get Tariq Hill involved, right? <laughs> right. It's like not getting him involved at all. That's great. That's no, just... you, you you don't let Mahomes throw the ball. So, again, like I said, you know, Italy deserved it. They were the best team in the entire tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and and their manager totally outmanaged Southgate, in the, especially in the second half when when he made some changes and 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 Italy also had the most um, what's the word I'm looking for the most um, uh, the most deadly uh, player on the field in uh, Chiesa. He created chance after chance, and um, England had a tough time defending him in in the second half, um, and you know. And, and again, back to the point about England not creating offense, they had one shot on goal for the entire game, and that was the goal they scored in the second minute. Uh, no, they only had You're... two. Two. They only had two shots. They had two shots the entire. Target. I didn't even really think about that. They really only had two shots the whole it, game. Well, in even the in first, the extra time, or just had... in regulation. Are just in regulation. Oh, okay, but they that's still some, crazy. Yeah they, they, yeah, they had some. Yeah, I mean that's ninety minutes. Yeah, worth of, worth of action where, whereas nothing is happening. They're not creating any chances, and that's back to the point of them playing with a defensive mindset. Yeah, and having seven seven guys who are more defensive minded on the field. Whereas if they had another midfielder or so on mm-hmm. on there who could have connected the ball to the front three, it might have been. You know, they would have had a better chance of, of scoring. Yeah. Vitred's in the chat with us. Hello, Vitred. Welcome. He says, Vitred did the dance when he first saw England's lineup. Okay. Well, your point, you know, like that's the formation and everything. Um, we got to talk about the Italy side of this too, though. I mean, Italia was was just phenomenal defensively on this on this particular evening. Um, what were the what were the keys to their success? We, we talked about some of this already, but... But just to recap, like, what were the keys to their success in get in keeping this game close and then tying it? You know, fairly late in the second half. I mean, not completely late, but but fairly late in the second half. And then, obviously, we knew what happened in the extra time and the penalty kicks. Right. So they they made some changes when they went to the locker room at halftime. Um, they were pressing England a little more uh, up top, and you know in, they play a style that really didn't work for England. So Italy keeps coming at you. Italy, they they didn't care. Um, you know, they're not the same Italy team as in the past where they might be a little more defensive-minded. Here, they kept pushing forward. Even though they were down one goal, they kept coming at England. And when you sit back and put 11 men behind the ball, you're, you're asking for trouble. Yeah. So... England's yeah so uh, Italy's attacking ways and England's sitting back just you know you know you, they they played into Italy's hands right there they really did and um it's just it's a lot of pressure to ask uh, to go in a defensive formation in any sport 
and just try to guard a lead, especially if the lead is so small. It's kind of like if in baseball, and you can have analogies for this and everything. Like in baseball, it'd be like you just kept nursing a one-run lead like for the last like four innings of a game, and then you go to your bullpen and you change the bullpen reliever every inning. I mean, that's a fiddle pipe. That's a fiddle dream. But for me, it's like you're just asking for trouble. So many things can right. go wrong in that scenario. Right. You're 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 asking for trouble when especially when you have so many good offensive right. players. Right. That's a right? good point. You know, that's, and you yeah. don't and and you don't play to your strength. Right. And England's strength or their midfielders, their attacking midfielders and their forwards. Harry Kane is one of the best goal scorers in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Benucci and Chiellini put him in their in their pocket yeah. the entire game. He did nothing. He he, you know, he's a guy who makes runs into the box, uh, receives the ball in the box. He's coming out to midfield to play the ball and then go on runs. And you know, they needed more creativity out there, and they just they just didn't have it with the guys they 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 had out. Yeah. It's too bad, like you said. I mean, I think they, they undermine themselves in a way with, with that with that alignment and uh, their lineups. But uh, we'll see if they can come back. I mean, that was the biggest run I've seen England do in quite a while in any of these international competitions. So I mean, I, it was a great run. I got to say, it was a great run. Uh, but yeah, it was it was it was lined up perfectly for England. Yeah. Right. And they're they in had, London, right? Think, for the game. And it's like for the final match. It's just incredible. Right. It, so the championship game is in Wembley. I think two of the three previous games were also at Wembley. Mm-hmm. And they had a fairly easy draw to get there. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be set up any better for them in in the future than that. And, you know, they, they haven't. I don't think they've won a big tournament since the World Cup in 66. So this was really their chance to, you know, they they, they, they have some song, some, some popular song over there called um, Football's Coming Home. It's coming home. It's they, coming they, home, know, yeah. Football's I heard that all week. <laughs> I heard that yeah, all week. Right? So, <laughs> I mean, the song was, you couldn't get away from it if, <laughs> if, if you followed the tournament and you followed the English team. And um, they're going to have to wait a, a little bit for football to be coming home. <laughs> coming home. They were saying so. Um, if you all have a question for either of us, please write the word "question" followed by the question itself in our YouTube chat tonight. We're simulcasting on YouTube as we speak. If you're listening on the podcast, you can always catch our show live, YouTube.com/slash/ditcal, or follow us at ditcal on Twitter to figure out when we go live. Uh, each week anyway uh parcels it, it really was a fun tournament and and i think the thing that makes it for me with with uh, the euro the euro the euros let's say is just the depth i mean we had so many great teams involved you had germany in the mix you had spain in the mix these were just big superpowers of soccer and um seeing that and no spain wasn't great i they're not spain wasn't necessarily spain i don't know what your feel of that was but but overall, I thought that there were just a lot of great teams involved here. And even the teams that weren't great were still tough, you know? Um, would Denmark be one of those? I think Denmark might have been in that category. I mean, they made it as far as they did, right? But um, Swedish, Sweden seemed to have some juice too, didn't they? Like, weren't they kind of being gritty and gutty? I seem to remember. 
I don't recall. You know, I don't recall much about Sweden. Did, did they even make? Did they make it out of group stage? Oh, much? maybe I'm, sure I'm thinking of Norway. Yeah, I'll get back to you. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to out myself ever. But but there was a lot of juice. I guess that's the point. And it was really really fun. And uh, I'll give I'll give it to you for some of the other highlights that you remember from that tournament. I mean, a lot. It seemed like every game was going to extra time. It felt like every game was like one was 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 being decided in extra time or penalties or something else like that yeah i think i think one of my favorite matches was the france switzerland match i think i, I think, think that's where i was referring to nothing. yeah it was switzerland not, okay, not Sweden. Yeah. yeah just make yeah, it split, yeah so yeah so switzerland goes up in that match yeah. one nothing france is playing terrible and and france is loaded i mean they have some of the best players in the world on that team and they came back and they took a 3-1 lead and it's about the 80 minute mark and switzerland scores two more goals and take it through extra time and they go to kicks like in the final yep. and it comes down to uh killian mbappe plays for paris saint germain one of the best players in the world oh, he's great yeah um and he misses it he misses a penalty mm. you know so the the pressure got to mbappe you know, much like, you know, it got to the England guys. Um, so that, I thought that was one of the best matches in the world. But you know what? One of the great things about this tournament is, you know, not just the, the, the skill. There's, and I, you know, I certainly follow it because I'm a fan, but it's fun hearing the people who don't normally follow it, follow it, right? Because, right. Um, because the matches were on at nine o'clock this is eastern time nine o'clock noon and three so there's actual live sports uh the best the best competition in that sport on in the middle of the day obviously there, there's the betting aspect um in the middle of the day when nothing else is going on to get people interested um so it was just fun it was just fun talking to people who don't normally watch soccer uh, about it um so yeah, so I, I you know I, I I love those those midsummer tournaments when when there's nothing going on really, it, it was terrific. It was. I'm really glad they were able to make that up because it was supposed to be played last year, but then the pandemic shut it down. It was a, it was cool that they were able to postpone it to this year, and um, it was worth it. It was really great, and we had fans in the buildings, which I thought was nice too. Like to see people in attendance, and that was good to see. So uh, yeah, that was good. It added to the atmosphere. so now so now I so so now I got to ask you. So what what are you what are you going to do about uh, about Everton? Are you going to be following Everton? Sure, absolutely. Closely? I know you you said Everton's your team. I yeah, no, you're right, so, and they're down in the dumps. I think uh, my last memory of them in following them in the middle of 2020. Um, but I'm not going to give up on them. No, no, I'm I'm staying with it. I'll stay with it. I, when does the season start again? I gotta I gotta keep make sure I I find find out where to. Uh, I think it starts in three weeks. Okay. okay. I think it might be it might be two weeks from this upcoming weekend. Okay. Um, so it's nice. either two weeks. So they have a match called the Community Shield, yeah. which pits the team that won the league mm-hmm. last year versus the team that won the FA Cup, which is the tournament of all the clubs, club teams in England. Yeah. So they have that. It's an exhibition. Uh, it kicks off the season, and then the following week the regular season starts. So right now, everything that's going on in European soccer uh, is about the quote-unquote the tr- transfer window. 
That's when people, when guys can switch teams. Um, there really aren't any trades. Occasionally, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll trade players, but it's more about buying players. Mm-hmm. You know, pay, paying the club he plays for a fee, and he switches teams, and then you have to pay him uh, his salary. So that everything that's going on in European football right now, soccer, is mm-hmm. um, is the transfer window, which lasts in England through uh, August 31st. And then the ability to bring in new players doesn't open, again, open up again until January. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now the, what's going to happen with that after a few months is that the coverage will be off of NBCSN because NBCSN as a channel is shutting down, which has been covered in sports media fairly, fairly extensively. The question is, and I have to answer the question, but the question is what happens to Premier League coverage because a lot of it was there. Well, I am, I am under the understanding, I am told that it will be on USA for the short term and then there'll be some stuff on NBC, like the big NBC. Um, but where do you see the coverage going from here on forward? Well, I don't know when the contract runs out. Mm-hmm. Um so like you said, there, there's, there'll probably be a game on NBC. There's usually a Saturday afternoon game at 1230. Um, sometimes there's a game on at three. Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, they could use, use USA. Sometimes they use CNBC on the weekends for matches when all the games are going on in, at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes, when, when the contract is up, you know, I, I don't know. You know, CBS has put a lot of money into European soccer lately. They have mm-hmm. uh, they have Champions League. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know if they continue what they're doing. It is is CB, are CBS and TBS aligned? Is that? I mean, I, you know, to the extent who, who that they collaborate anymore. for the NCAA t- mar- tournament, yeah, but they're not technically the right. same company, you know. So no, you know what? And I think Turner got out of the soccer business a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. Turner had it, and then they bailed, and CBS picked it up, and then CBS um, renewed their rights. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's it's going to be interesting. You know, ESPN is always looking to 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 pick up um, stuff for ESPN Plus. Yep. And and they've you know they have the rights to the FA Cup they have the rights to the Carabao Cup they have Bundesliga Syria I think they might have even picked up La Liga they don't have any English Premier League so I mean this is right in their wheel, wheelhouse as well I mean you would think they'd get in on a little of that at some point I mean they've had so much coverage of like Euro Euros for example well, many World Cups over the last couple few decades right. so it's only a natural yeah. fit. Yeah, the e- the EPL is like the only property they they haven't had. Yeah. So it's like why why wouldn't they? Absolutely. I mean, even if it's on ESPN Plus, I mean that's going to be a big get for them. So I feel like it's only right. a matter of time. Um, all right. Yeah. So LT fifty six. Hello, welcome to the chat. If any of you guys have a question for us, question followed by the question itself in the chat, and we'll answer them in order uh, for the remainder of this hour, more or less. This has been a terrific recap, though. Like this is great. I mean this. Um, we have Copa America. Okay, we can get to that a little bit. I think we had the win for. I'm trying to remember. Argent Argentina won Copa America. Do I have that yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, they beat Brazil. Yeah, that was a yeah right. Brazil, Argentina, and that's 
you know, you're always happy for Lionel Messi when he wins something like that because he's a good. He seems like good, good people. Really fun to watch. So, I mean, I I have no interest. I mean, look, I can take or leave Argentina itself, but Messi is a special special case. Like, I think he's great, and I don't care if he's plays for Argentina or not. So, good tournament. I don't have as much to say about it, but uh, anything that you remember from Copa America? Yeah, well, it was just so you know. So Lionel Messi, he's done all of his winning on the club level mm-hmm. with. Uh, Barcelona. Right. Uh, th- that was the first major trophy he's won with Argentina. And just after the match, when they were lifting him up and celebrating, it just seemed so, so emotional for him to finally win something w- with Argentina. It was, it was great to see. I mean, he's such a great ambassador for the sport. And um, it was just, you know, f- you feel good for him. That's you know such such a talent that guy. Yeah, I agree. It's easy to root for him, and so I was happy for him as well. Uh, hearing about the news, you know, I mean, both of those teams win a lot, but he had not. You know, if you remember the previous Copa America, he missed a, pe- a huge penalty kick. I don't have the same scenario as England this year, and and it cost them uh, a, a Copa America, and Chile ended up winning. So to go from that to winning this one, I mean, that that's big redemption for them, absolutely. Um, yeah, okay. So I mean, that's pretty much it. I I will refuse to dignify. <laughs> I refuse to dignify the Gold Cup with a response. So I'm not even going to get into them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what's up with that because they just had that Nations League Cup. Yeah. I, I think it was called, where the first team of uh, U.S. men's national team played. So they had all all the best American players on that. And now you have the Gold Cup and you have your B team playing. So I, I don't know. I don't understand why they schedule these cups and tournaments right on top of each other. If these countries have to field their B teams, doesn't doesn't seem to make much sense. Yeah, you're right. And then they're spread thin. The Olymp- they're get, you've got guys in the Olympics uh as well right now like mexico right. for example is there like half of the team at least is over there so it's like what are we doing here like i don't even know what the point of this is yeah i i, I totally agree i i haven't even uh, honestly i haven't even followed uh olympic soccer you know i know manchester united has a couple of guys playing on uh, the ivory coast team and so i i know a couple of those guys are there for the olympics and aren't in training with manchester united but you know it, so right now, all all the major players who played in the Euro in Euro 2020 are just resting up, getting ready for the season for their for their club teams. They're just starting <laughs> to trickle in. Yeah, the guys the guys from England, uh, I think, are supposed who played on the English team are supposed to start showing up next week. Mm-hmm. So so these guys have almost played played like 50 straight weeks. They started in you know yeah. late July, early August last year went through the end of june to um i forget when the, the championship game was but then they get like a two three week holiday and then they're back in training again for the season to start in, in a few weeks so they're right on top of it once uh, again someone's gonna get hurt in the middle of all that you know it happened in the nba you pe- people in short rest and people get hurt and i'm a little worried about them yeah, they you, they've talked uh, with UEFA and FIFA about trying to come up with some sort of winter break, mm. where it's a couple of week break, where you know they just take a step away and recharge. You know, some of the bigger clubs play, I think sixty to seventy games. Yep. You know, they play their thirty eight in the league. They have their Champions, Champions league, league or whatever yeah. they play in Europe, 
they have their domestic cups and you know those those games add up yeah. so and you know and that's why you need you know you need a, a a pretty good bench so in some of these when you play some of these cup cup matches and lesser teams you can play your bench in, in that and and hopefully get a w doing that like that i like that so well, let me ask you this follow-up question and then i'll just get into more potpourri of the premier league teams we already know about the big guns like Man City and Liverpool and your your guys, Man U. Uh, these are the big names. But what's a team that could make some real noise this year that's kind of like kind of in the weeds and they're ready to pounce and make a run? So the, the team that is always there right towards the top is Leicester City. Mm. They, they always find themselves in the top four, five, six, throughout you know this is probably the last four or five years and when it comes right down to it at the end of the season they fall out of the top four they've missed the top four i think on the last day of the season the past two years so leicester city is is always right there um so that's probably the one that i would think of you know sometimes your everton is is around there they're a little bit more mid-table that sort of thing um I, I I would say Leicester City. Love it. That, you're right though. They 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 were in a lot of those games. A lot of those games last year. I mean, they had a horrific meltdown. You remember that game where they had like a three goal lead and then they lost all together. Yeah, it was nuts. Oh man, crazy. Just crazy. Uh, um, Ron is in the chat. He says James Boner, <laughs> and also James for <laughs> hashtag for the city. <laughs> James, James, yeah, James. So, so James is funny. So he, um, so I, I still talk. I still talk to him on Twitter. Obviously, he's okay. not on the board anymore. But um, you know, he used to be such a big anti-soccer guy, right? And then I don't know what happened. He he reached out to me one day on Twitter, and he he's like, "Hey, do you root for anybody in MLS?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, like my kids." root for nycfc so i kind of follow them and he's like yeah i think i'm i'm, I'm gonna pick them up and, and and start watching them and he is like he, he's like this like the san diego chicken of NYCFC. <laughs> i mean the guy i mean the guy is like crazy on twitter yeah i think on every touch every minute of the match i mean it's great it's 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 funny but um yeah he's really done a 180 on soccer oh the he past, really has uh, five yeah. six years yeah, that's really great. And I remember him going to bat for NYFC, I think it is. Um, or is it NYCFC? But either way. NYCFC, it's yeah. It's NYCFC. Okay, NYCFC. Yeah. When when the Yankee fans were complaining about them using the field and tarnishing the field, and he's like, well, who the heck are you guys? Like, you know, like getting into this and defending their play, on their, being able to play the soccer on the, in the Yankee Stadium. So, yeah, he's all about it. It's really funny. Uh, and are they good? Or like, I, I have no feel for them. Like, I, the last time I saw any NMLS was during that odd, like, mini tournament that they did in Orlando. And I have not touched it yeah. since then. But where yeah, are they? They're pretty good. They, yeah, they, they've made the playoffs the past few years. Okay. I'm not exactly sure. You know, actually, I think uh, two years ago, they were the top seed in the East and got knocked off in the quarterfinals. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah a, late, uh, a late penalty kick uh, did them in. Um, last year, I think they finished third or fourth. I think they're around there right now okay. in the East. 
So they're, they're competitive. They're a yeah. decent team. Okay. I mean, the juice is all you want, really. So that's good. Here's a good right. question. All right, so this is my first the first of the random questions. By the way, question followed by the question itself in the chat. If you want to ask it, send it in, and we'll read them in, in order, provided that it's an appropriate question, but most of them are. Anyway, my question is, why is O'Baby not more into European League soccer? That is just... We talked about this on the board, and I was, I was wondering your thoughts on that. Because he loves MLS, but he doesn't care for the Euros? It's like, what? It's so inconsistent. I don't. I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. Yeah. I, you know, he's. You know, he's always. Yeah, he's always tweeting about or, or posting about Atlanta United. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. obviously. So he he lived down there. He picked them up as his team, but then he he mocks European football when it's on. I I don't. I don't know. I mean, you're asking me where old baby's coming from. I you know I don't. <laughs> I but you know, so so here's so I. I met O'Baby in Providence at an NCAA hockey game a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there to see uh, Providence College play. I forget they played some Michigan or Minnesota team, and O'Baby was there because Cornell was the was the next game. So uh, we, I mean, we 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 met, we chatted for uh, for a few minutes. Uh, good guy. But uh, it's just funny, uh, randomly running into somebody at uh, at a hockey game in Providence. I mean, and it wasn't even planned. It doesn't sound like it just happened. That's really interesting. Yeah, I think I think we were talking one day. You know, on the board. You know, they announced the matchups, and so I'm going. I'm going. All right, if you're going, you know, send me a text, sort of thing. And, okay. And that's kind of just just how it happened. And that's very interesting. I've met O'Baby on two occasions. So, oh baby, I like you. I like oh baby. Like the board doesn't want to hear that, but I like oh baby. I think he's. I think he's. I think he's good people. He, he's. Yeah, I like oh baby too. I think he's a good guy also. Yeah, I mean, look, he's a troll. He's probably too much of a troll with the politics. I I would con- concede that, but I don't think he's a bad guy. Um, but I do find that on a very strange behavior that he would be really, really, not even like a little bit into MLS. Like he's really into it. Like he's just giving you updates. All well, he was. I guess he's off the board now, but he was all the time. But it just like the line. There's a line between North America and Europe, or other continents, and I, I just find that interesting. I will have him on the show at some point, and we can talk about that. I'm just curious. <laughs> just to, you know, like, is there a reason for that? Is it just like not wanting to support other people's economies? I'm not sure what the deal is. It just, it's just funny. But we'll have an I answer think, soon. I, 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 yeah, I think if you have him on, I think the chat will be filled with questions. That <laughs> people just You're right. Things left and right at him. Oh, no doubt. You know, I've always had this idea of reviving the. You know, we did a spot. Like we had Santoro and uh, Ovebi on the same show one time. We could revive that spot. That'd be really fun. We'd get into some popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. It'd be so funny. But we, That'd be hysterical. Oh, man. So uh, that that should be in the pipeline at some point. Um, so let's... We we don't have any questions yet. That's okay, because we, we, can, we can segue a little bit to the other football, the American football, and college football, where it's just kind of just turning into a mini NFL. Like, I, so much expansion is probably going to have, like, it's going to be down like two conferences, like the SEC and the Big Ten. Someone said four. I think it's going to be two. I hate right. it. I'm just going to tell you, I hate it. Like, I'm not going to get into more detail. Ron, you're, if you're in the chat, I'm sure you're going to hear this more when we do our preview in about a month. 
I hate it. I'm sorry. I just I just think that college football is defined by its geography and its and its and its cultures of in each conference. Each conference had its own identity. And by doing a super conference, I don't care how much money it makes. Look, if you wanted to be more of a national sport, I mean, coach does. I don't. I think it stinks. But I think people are going to find that that's not going to that there's going to be a point of diminishing returns with it. But anyway, uh, go ahead. Yeah. So so I. I totally, I, I totally get what you're saying, and what what you just said, I probably felt that way 15, 20 years ago, mm. like when Boston College left the Big East. Yeah, you know what are they doing? What is this about? Uh, you know, it's about geography and rivalries and that sort of thing. But I, you know, my take kind of is that the horse left the barn a long time ago. You know, on this, and it's just it's just going to keep going and. You know, Maryland in 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 the Big Ten, like beat Boston College in the ACC. You know, just things like that. Right. And you know, being being an Oklahoma fan, I leaving the Big Twelve. I'm not I'm not that disappointed. I'm not outraged. You know, I think I, I said it to you on on Twitter. Yeah. That you know, instead of watching Oklahoma, Kansas, if I'm getting Oklahoma, Georgia, Oklahoma, Florida, Bama, Auburn, you know, granted they're going to have to play Kentucky and Vanderbilt as well, and those, you know, uh, those schools. I think I think it just makes it more interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm more interested in seeing those games and seeing a repeat of, of Oklahoma, Texas Tech. But wouldn't that eventually get repetitive too? Because once they get familiar, well, no, maybe maybe not. I mean, they're better they're better programs. Like I I don't know about Kentucky and Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's trying to get better. I I know they overhauled a lot of personnel there, but um, but yeah yeah you you got. I mean I I see the win. I see why that it's a win from a competitive standpoint for both of those programs. And Texas needs a kick in the butt too because I feel like they've gotten very complacent being in the Big Twelve and effectively you know dominating it. I mean, dominating, not, not not really dominating the actual wins. That's your team. That's Oklahoma. That's what they're doing. But uh, but they basically dominate the popularity contest there. It's a big program. So, yeah, I don't yeah. know. The Big 12 was kind of useless, huh? Would you agree with that? Like, hey, it, was, it was fine, but. Yeah, I mean, outside of outside of Texas, Texas and Oklahoma, I mean, what, what are they really? Kansas, Kansas State, yeah, Iowa State. A lot of weak teams. Yeah, who cares, right? Like, no, I mean they're they're really more of a basketball conference now. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know. and this kicks this kills basketball too. I mean, Oklahoma and Texas were solid basketball programs, and that's kind of the thing people forget about. It's like this isn't just about football. Like you're screwing around with what was. And first of all, you blew up the Big East, which is enough of a disgrace in itself, which you were talking about earlier. Um, and now you're going to blow up the Big Twelve, which is a great basketball conference, and now. Right. It's just going to be like Kansas and maybe Texas Tech and Baylor, and that's it. It's like, but having Texas and Oklahoma in there was awesome. Like those were great games, you know, last year. Right. It stinks. Right. I, so I mean, so so yeah. So like, what's 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 the latest thing you hear? So you hear that today, Oklahoma and Texas officially reached out to the SEC asking mm-hmm. for membership. So mm-hmm. they did that formally. Yep. And then you also hear like a conference like the AAC reaching out to some of the other Big Twelve schools saying, hey. You know, come and join us. We have, you know, we have Houston, we have SMU, um, you know, with some schools down that way. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's all it's all going to start all over again. Yeah. I, I mean, 
that's the thing that really kills me with these alignments. Like it's all for football, and it, you, you forget about the other sports. It's like these other sports matter too. Like they're important. The tournament is a huge deal in college college sports. And I mean, I'm not I'm not as I'm not as in, I'm not as worried about like you know like badminton and volleyball and stuff like that. But but the the, the yeah. other sports, you know, the core sports, you know, like soccer, for example, you know, uh, baseball, you know, these sports, they all have like. They all have identities, and look, you make more money, fine, whatever. And Ron, uh, Ron in New Jersey says, sucks, but conferences aren't about geography anymore, which I admit to. I know that. In the next four years, there will be four super yeah. conferences with little to no geographic ties, which, like I said, it's like... Yeah, yeah he's right. He's right. And I, But just because it's true doesn't mean I have to enjoy it, and I'm just kind of losing my... I, mean, I don't know if I'm going to go so far as to say I'm losing interest in college football, but I feel like I am. Just because I'm like, then when are we going to ever have like a regular program win? You know, because college basketball, at least you get teams from smaller schools winning. And, um, you know, we had Virginia win two years ago. And then this year, uh, Baylor. Baylor. Yeah, Baylor. And it's all about that, right? I mean, Baylor with just a dominant performance yeah. to upset uh, Gonzaga. I mean, so. I just don't see enough of that in college football. And, you know, maybe people love it. I don't love it. I'm sorry, but I, I think people are already getting tired of Alabama, like, winning all the time and Clemson winning the rest of the time. Like, who can, I'm just – I'm over it. Right, but, but, you know, so – but seeing some other teams in it, wouldn't, wouldn't that play into the the idea of going to, to 12 teams? Oh, you mean in, the, the playoff? In the, yeah, in, in, in so the playoff, the playoff expanded yeah, 12 teams. You know, yeah, so, it helps yeah, that so if we're yeah. looking for more teams to have it have a chance to win mm-hmm. the 12 teams kind of has it has that you know no matter what the geography of um the conferences are um you know i i, I don't know it, it'll be interesting to see what happens when texas and oklahoma join the sec and how many of those teams can make the 12 once that you know is it three is it four i i don't you know how many how many wild card teams are they going to have? Ooh. Yeah, well, I I think eight would have been just right. I think eight would have been great because then you would have accounted for every major group of five conference. Which at this point, as you were we just talked about, it's probably not going to matter. But but say it yeah. did, and then you had maybe a couple of you know a uh, couple of other spots like wild cards, as you said. And that would have been fine. That would have been enough. I just feel like this has too much filler now. I know you have like like an extra round that's just going to be sheering. Like, <laughs> I don't know how you assess that with twelve teams. I guess there's going to be a buy for some teams. I'm not sure. Well, yeah, the top. I think the top four would get buys, and okay. then five through twelve would play. But okay. but you know you you'd have some pretty good games in there. You know, if, um, you know, say you know, say five is closer to one one through four. You know, six through eleven could be a good game. Mm-hmm. Six versus eleven. Uh, you know, seven, ten, eight, nine. You have some good games that first weekend. Yeah, you know, not uh, too many blowouts. I mean, you would think so, right? You would think so, but there might be a pretender or two, like Notre Dame, uh, that might get in there and get 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 pounced. Um, but but generally speaking, it should create a good field of of playoffs. And 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 for those of you in the chat, I would be very interested in your opinions about the twelve team playoffs. See what you think of it. Uh, Goober USA, K.A. Sharon says, "Go back to the Pack Eight," but he's all <laughs> right. The Pack Eight. Um, and uh, let's see. If you have a question for us the rest of the way, question followed by the question itself, write it into the chat, 
and then we'll 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 take we'll we'll answer them in order. Uh, Sharon adds, and to be fair, this is ESPN driving the bus to have Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC. Hmm. There's a little bit of driving, I guess, but it's just I don't know. I mean, they're getting good coverage either way. I mean, well, you know, so so the the big the Big Twelve was t- tied into Fox, right? Right. So right. Fox Fox is losing the two marquee teams from that conference, and it just makes the SEC deal that much more valuable. Yeah. So that's I think that's what Sharon's getting at, and as he says, content, yeah. content, content. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. certainly ESPN yeah, but, don't want but, that. Yeah, and and to his point, though, uh, you know, every week the SEC games of the week are going to be you're going to have two or three big games, right? Right. You, you know, how how many big teams do you have in that conference with those two in there? Six, eight, a lot. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, you can even put Florida in there, right? Other. Yeah, I mean, you got Bama, LSU, Florida, Auburn, Auburn. If Tennessee could get out of their own way, they'd be one of them. So that's five. Yeah, and then um, Georgia. Right, and then Georgia. so you add in you add in Texas and Oklahoma, there you go, that's eight out of I don't know how many teams that is. That's now. unheard of in college football. Yeah, that's a lot. Eight teams in the same conference. Yeah, it's a it's a great con. But again, it's just one conference. It's like, where is the variety in that? Like, if the only one conference ends up be, being worth a damn after all this, and it's kind of like, well, then what's the point of the other conferences? Just to just filler. Just, uh, you know. I mean, but you'll still get you'll still get the same matchups in the Big Ten, in yeah. the Pac-12. Yeah. You know that's, you know maybe the Big Ten changes a little. I don't know about the Pac-12 changing, but you'll get those matchups. There have been some talks about the some of these teams. I think what they've, the talk was about was about recruiting more teams for the Pac-12, which I think is the case. And and yeah, actually Sharon has a good point in the chat. If you see that there. Sharon saying Vanderbilt is on the rise. I completely agree. I think they're going to be pretty good in a couple years. And um, there are some smart people they just hired for Vanderbilt. And one of them, who I kind of considered the general manager or whatever you call it, is um, is a guy by the name of Barton Simmons who was like doing podcasts and scouting for for 24-7 sports. And now he's like running Vanderbilt, which is kind of like a dream job for him because he lives around Nashville. And um, I actually trust him a lot. He knows a lot about football. And I feel like that and his his gauging personality are going to combine to make Vanderbilt a really good program. They'll hire a good coach. I think they already did. And um, Vanderbilt's going to be interesting. I'm actually kind of buying into that. So I'm with it. Oh, and V-Tread, see, we're going to get a lot of this. V-Tread says, take me back to four bowls, New Year's Day, Sun Bowl, Blue Bonnet Bowl, New Year's Eve. Yeah. But V-Tread misses Mark Wilson for BYU throwing it around the holiday bowl. Yeah, I mean, there's I hear it, though, V-Tread, because I feel like there are too many bowls, but we know what that is. It's just it's just filler. I don't actually have as much bigger problem with that. I'm like, yeah, I know a lot of these bowls are bullshit, but... And people are opting out of them. It's like, if there were fewer of them, you'd have less of it. I get that, but but we know what's going on. Like almost like three quarters of them are run by ESPN, so it's just it's just content. That's all it is. So, so so when do you think this um, SEC thing happens for Texas and Oklahoma? In, in, in their letter, they said twenty twenty five. Yeah. Do, does it happen before then? You know, it really could, right? Because they could always buy it. ESPN or somebody else could buy out whatever their the remainder of their contracts are. Yeah, I haven't ruled that out. But certainly, 
something within like the next three to four years. I feel like it's happening. Um, yeah. And so Ron says, Tennessee is going to surprise hashtag. Not me. <laughs> yeah. We always poke fun at Tennessee because they're everybody every year. They think that they're going to make a run and they never do. Um, and let's see. Never enough bulls is Ron. And then, uh, Sharon says the sun bowl is now the barstool, Arizona bowl. Oh, I think that's actually right. Yeah, it's called the yeah. Barstool Arizona. Oh my god, I'm boycotting that one. I'm not, I don't care who's in it. If USC's in, I'm not gonna watch it anyway. I'm just, no way. Off CBS now. Yeah, because yeah, CBS had it for a long time, and I think they that was their last telecast of that bowl. Yeah, um, didn't, didn't, wasn't wasn't the Sun Bowl early? Was Sun Bowl early New Year's Day? Was that the first? Yeah, no, early New Year's Eve, I believe. Yeah, it's like New New Year's Eve. Yeah, during the early part of the day, New Year's Eve, and I do remember the Peach Bowl in during a number of years was like at the end of the of the night on New Year's Eve. Um, And then Sharon says, "Without Notre Dame in a conference, the playoffs are still a mess." Well, that's on you know honestly, I've never been a fan of them not holding Notre Dame accountable for that because. The, the reason they do all these extra gymnastics with like the, the at-larges and whatever is because Notre Dame is just too stubborn to join a conference. And and it kind of just r- r- hits the point home that all of this is about money. It's not about competition. It's not about academics. It's not about, um, you know, it's not about tradition. It's not about any of that. It's just about who could make the most money. And Notre Dame's kind of made things difficult for like a lot of teams because of that pursuit. So where where are you on the going to twelve helping or hurting Notre Dame? Going to twelve helping or um, hmm, that's a good question. Well, I think they're going to be in it, right? Like a lot because there's like there's there are those extra seeds. I don't yeah, think it necessarily I, hurts them. It's probably going to be about the same for them. What yeah. So I so I've seen some stuff like you know this is going to get Notre Dame to join a conference and 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 to me is that if if you go to twelve. You know, Notre Dame always gets the Notre Dame bump in the polls and the rankings that it makes it easier on them, right? Because they're going to be closer to 12 because they're, they're usually a top 15, top 10 team, right? Yeah. You know, and their good years, you know, they're top, they're top five. six. Yeah, yeah. Five. Yeah. Right? So right. all they have to do is, you know, not knowing the mechanics of the whole thing is, you know, getting the 12 range, which – doesn't seem all that difficult for Notre Dame to do. No, no. Uh, that's a great point. So they'll be in the playoff more consistently, which is good for them, and it's good for the sport because Notre Dame juice, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. and um, good, good for that first weekend. Yeah. Oh, I know. That first weekend would be just lit, no doubt. Um, let's see. Uh, some corrections. Goober USA... Oh, Ron is saying the Arizona Bowl is different. It matches up the Mac of the Mountain West. So, oh yeah, because the Sun Bowl is not in Arizona. The Sun Bowl is in is is in isn't it in New, El Paso, Texas? I think, or is it in New Mexico? Well, either way, it's not in Arizona. I'm familiar. That's that I remember. Um, and Arizona Bowl is different, right? Um, and let's see. Sharon says, as far as Notre Dame, twelve seeds helps, no question. Vitred says, if you go five and six, like your record is five and six and play in a bowl, then you know the system is lost. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's happened a lot recently, too. Like under 500 teams yeah. playing in a bowl. 
it just seems like a real ethical issue with me as well. But it is what it is, you know. Uh, let's see. And, well, you know, the answer to that, play more games. <laughs> play 13 games a season. But um, they discussed today six highest-ranked conference champs at plus six at-larges selected by a committee would make the offs. Six highest-ranked conference champs and then six at-larges. Okay. All right, so then, so then Notre Dame. So all right, so then that's where it doesn't work in Notre Dame's favor because they they only fall into the six at larges, obviously, because right. they're not in a conference. Right. So there are only six spots for them, not twelve. Hmm. Yeah, that's a little bit more interesting. If they join a conference, then they have twelve. All right, I, I, all right, I see that point. Now. Yeah, I see that point too. Good, uh, good job out of Ron with breaking that down. Thanks for that, uh, Ron. Um, and then Sharon confirms it is El Paso, Texas, for the Sun Bowl. Yeah. It's Sun Bowl even around? It's still, I guess it's still around. Sun Bowls do get canceled. It's just like, they're subtle, but they do cancel some bowls once in a while. Like the Poinsettia Bowl, gone. No more. They they, they hand-waved it. It's kind of a shame. But, uh, well, so does the building. <laughs> hand-waved the building, too. Qualcomm got raised. Where, where Did you was, know that? Where was the Poinsettia, where was the Poinsettia Bowl? At Qualcomm. Right. Like, it was there with the Holiday Bowl. So they would do Point City a few days before, or like oh, maybe a week before. Right. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so they're both. So that's gone. Um, and I don't know where the Aztecs. I think the Aztecs are going to have a home arena or a home uh, stadium that they're going to play in at some point soon. But uh, that there's a gaping hole where Qualcomm used to be right now. That's I think that's getting worked out. So, um, uh, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with that. That's interesting. But Point City is gone for sure. Uh, and Goober USA says, but what if there are only five conferences? I think well, there are only five. Well, no, there would be a sixth one because you could get like, so the five, like, so the, the power five, right? Plus one, plus one conference winner from the group of five and whoever the best quality team out of that group would be the one. And I think that's what Ron said too. So whoever is the best team out of the AAC winner, Sunbelt winner, Mac, Mountain West, or uh, Conference USA. I agree with that. I think that's a good system, don't you? Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I've been waiting for that for a while. Like, it's like, that just is such a good system. But my thought was, like, we do that, and then you have two more at-larges. Here, you're, it's like you're doing that, and then you're having, I guess, <laughs> your guess you're going to have six instead of two more. So that's just, that's wild, man. So, uh, let's see. If Notre Dame is on the fence for their play, yeah, we all know that. And Notre Dame's always going to get the benefit of the doubt. Um, right. Just makes that eventual blowout win for the other team that much more satisfying when that happens. <laughs> sorry, bro. sorry, Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> and V-Tread. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. The ESPN is not leaving them home. No, but like I said, <laughs> it just makes it just sets up for a brilliance of telecasts, whether it's Clemson or Bama or whoever. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Notre Dame actually was pretty good last so, year, to be honest with you. So who good. was who was five? Who was five this past season? Do oh, good question. Do you remember? Okay, so who was so, ranked number Notre five? Who, yeah, who, who was the first team to miss out? Oh, on, on four. that's a great question. Okay, hold on. Let me just get the call it CFP rankings from last year. We'll, we'll figure this out yeah, right now. Yeah, so assume was... Notre Dame gets in as a 12. See who the five. It's going to be a good matchup. Yeah. That's a great you question. Know, it was, I don't, oh, I don't know if it was Oklahoma. Oklahoma won the Big 12, but they had two losses last year. I don't know if they finished. No, I, I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, wow. So the team that was fifth was Texas A&M. 
in the college football playoff rankings. Wow, that was an interesting team. Um, so A and M, Notre Dame. Ooh, you know, that, I mean, two good names there. Yeah. Um, and so you want to? Be, I'll give you the rest of this. Like, so Florida was seventh. Oklahoma, your Oklahoma was sixth. Florida seventh. Cincinnati, who remember they 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 finished undefeated, and then they ended up winning. I think they won the Peach Bowl over Georgia. I'm trying to remember. It's a great game. I remember. But and then Georgia was ninth. Iowa State was tenth. Indiana is eleventh. I know they had a good record. I didn't. I wasn't very impressed with them. But and then Coastal Carolina, which was a fun story. They were twelve. So, yeah. So wait. So that Jeez. was that was the, the, that was the last in the committee rankings. Yeah. So that's the CFP yeah. rankings, like the committee. And... All right. So you know what? So I mean, those those aren't so those aren't very interesting matchups. I mean, Coastal Carolina versus Texas A and M. Just say we're going back to last year. Yeah. Oklahoma, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, Indiana. I don't really think Indiana has has much business being in that playoff. To be honest, it wasn't that impressive a team on the offensive side of the ball. So, you know that that's yeah, you're right. Like I don't know if that would have been much of juice at all. Um, yeah, I, I think that's probably just uh, you know a, a random occurrence. I, you know, I mean, future years, I bet you, or, or previous years, you would have gotten better matchups. Man. Yeah. Well, it was a weird year, though. To be fair, year. to be fair, it was a very strange year, you know. Right. So yeah. maybe we just throw that out. But, but it, here's the thing. I also think that the committee would rank these teams differently if they knew there were 12 spots. You know what I mean? Because they're kind of organizing it to just to determine the top four. But if they were organizing to determine 12 seeds, you know that there would be biases that play into it, and I think there would be different rankings. Right. Probably, probably a little more thought into who's 10, 11, 12. Yes. Then they give it. Then they give it now because it's going to mean something. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Let's see. Uh, so um, LT says we need some immediacy from Mike on this topic. Yeah. I mean, if we tweet him, maybe he'll give it to us. And then um, Olive Garden or Maggiano's? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, let's see, Sharon says the first weekend would have juice, which yeah, I agree with. Sadly, until the championship, the games would be blowouts, in my opinion. And uh, says Coastal Texas A&M is like an eight-nine matchup in basketball. Ron says the committee is going to use at least four at-large spots for the SEC four. Oh my god! Yeah, that's what you know. That's what we were talking about. Yeah, I How think many you're right, teams though. I think he's right. Get the at-large bid. You know? I agree. Which is why I feel like it, twelve. This is why I feel like the twelve seeds may still end up being Sharon because, like, there's nothing that would actually stop them legally from doing that, right? It's kind of like we're in in when they have selection Sunday for college basketball, they put in like eight Big Ten teams all the time, like every year they do that. So like, what would keep them from selecting like four at larges for the from the SEC? I, I don't see them stopping from that. So so then so then you say you get three from the SEC, yeah, you get Notre Dame, and then you have two more. Is it the Pac-12 runner-up and the Big Ten runner-up? Is there a third team? It in really those? depends on the year, you know? Like, if Oregon yeah. and USC have great years, then you're probably seeing one of them in there. If, um, But if it's if the Big Ten has a big year, say, like, Penn State and Michigan State and Ohio State are all really good, it's going to be probably two of them. Yeah. Um, it really will depend on the season. So, uh, But you know the SEC is going to get so many teams in there. And the thing is that I've noticed that the SEC's, like, depth hasn't really been as good as it used to be. 
Like, some of those games are miserable. Their defense is terrible now. The SEC defense is just in general, like past, I don't know, like one or two teams. It's brutal. Like, LSU's defense didn't seem uh, – maybe that's not a good example. But, but you know, they had plenty of bad teams. The Ole Miss is the most obvious example. They stink, right? And then, um, I mean, A&M was okay. It wasn't good. You know what I mean. But anyway. Uh, so, Parcells, you want to tackle the Olive Garden question? What do you, where do you stand on that? Olive Garden or Maggiano's? Well, I'm going to go Maggiano's. I don't know. I don't know Maggiano's, but I kind of know Olive Garden. So I would, I would probably pick almost everything over Olive Garden. <laughs> Not an Olive Garden guy. So right. yeah, definitely Maggiano's. So, so what's Maggiano's? Oh, it's good. It's good. It's kind of like a Chili's level quality Italian food restaurant. It's like the closest thing I can come up to Roma, to uh, Romano's Macaroni Grill. It reminds me a little bit of that because you get that oh, bread. Okay. It's very, very good. It's very good. It's a chain, but it's very good. And I think, I think Maggiano's is the one. Correct me if I'm wrong, Vitred, but isn't that the one where you can buy like a a pasta and then you get like another pasta you could take home with you? So you get two pastas for the price of one pasta. Wow, it's a good deal. So, so where, where is that located? Is that a West Coast? Nowhere thing? near me. <laughs> Oh really? It's, I think so the nearest one's Disney in the valley. Thing? I got to go all the way to the valley to get oh. it. It's like it might be like a thirty-five minute drive to get. Oh, there. so not not near you where you are, but but it's uh, L.A. Yeah, well, there's one in the L.A. area. Yeah, I think so. Like they're ten or more in the suburbs, uh, but they are out west. Yeah, they're pretty much everywhere. Just not as not as dense, like not as many of them as like say, Applebee's or you know Chili's or, or whatever. Gotcha. Oh, Vitret says you actually think I've been to these places. <laughs> <laughs> well, why'd you ask us the question then? <laughs> no, I hear that. I hear that. Oh man, <laughs> that's a good point, though, Vitra. I'm sorry, I, I over, I underestimated your taste in this in these restaurants. <laughs> I'm sorry. And then Guru USA, Maggiano is a step above noodles and ketchup. Olive Garden is a step below. Maggiano is good. I'm not. I'm not gonna go that far. I will say that I will submit to the point about Olive Garden, but Maggiano isn't that bad. I, I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna say that. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't have been so enthusiastic about it. Yeah. Uh, not knowing about noodles and ketchup stuff above. Retread, <laughs> and I, I, I hope Retread's okay. I, I may have given him a heart attack with that response. So, but uh, um, yeah, that's a good point. What is your favorite restaurant, though, Vitred? Like, do you have one that what, do you ever go to? I think I've seen meth references to places you've been in on Twitter before, but um, yeah, I guess the better version, like a, a more applicable, maybe a more obvious version of that question would be like asking, like, okay, so how about like Burger King? No, no. Okay, I don't have it, but you know, like, like let's say KFC versus Popeyes or something like that. You know, like, well, they're both kind of salty and greasy. Right. You know, neither would be considered yeah. gourmet food, but it's like, well, you're kind of picking between them. So it's like, well, eh, they're both all right. They're good guilty pleasures. Probably go with Popeyes with a nod because of the spicy, spicy version. I did do, uh, I did do Shake Shack today for the first time in a while. Ah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. That's it's the spot there. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. There's one, there's one over there, and uh, was in West Hartford today. So cool. Made the stop. It was pretty good. Good stuff. Yeah, you know what? I was just there, and of all places, I was. So I went to San Diego for a day trip on on. I forgot what day it was, but last weekend, 
And I went to see Umberto's clam house. So we caught up. We got to talk some basketball. Talked about how the <laughs> we talked about how Paul and um, Doc Rivers are such cho- colossal choke jobs in the playoffs. Like they have this history of blowing series. And we just had a lot of fun talking about that. We talked about Giannis and the Bucks and everything. So uh, we had a good time. But at the end of it, we couldn't find a restaurant in um, in town that wasn't packed. So we just settled on uh, Shake Shack, and it was good. I agree with you. It was it's a good spot. So I enjoyed it. So we both had Shake Shack recently. Nice, yeah. nice. So um, so I might be coming out your way in uh, January. I'm Ooh. I'm not sure yet. Okay. I'm trying to put something together. So for uh, my son's high school graduation. We're giving him a uh, gift where he he can uh, go see one of his teams on the road. He can pick mm-hmm. anywhere. It's got to fit in one of his breaks or a long weekend or something like that. And one of the weekends, there's a trip coming up first or second week of January. It's um, the Rangers play Vegas, Anaheim, and the Kings Ooh. in about a six-day period. So that's that's one of the options on the table. The other option on the table is uh, Oklahoma Texas game, October nine, I think it is, and then the next day the Giants play the Cowboys in Dallas. Ooh. So we're trying to, yeah, you know, we're trying to figure everything out there. You know, um, I'm a little hesitant on Texas in being the bit of a COVID shit show right right now. right I was, that's but like, um yeah. you know and not know, not knowing where things are but but you know that west coast trip is on the table so uh, more information i'll cool. certainly let you know i love that so much well is the texas wait is the oklahoma texas game in austin see that would be good like that'd be i think it'd be good there maybe no it's always in, it's in dallas oh of course because they do it at the jerry the jerry world bowl yeah right no 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 they do it at the cotton bowl in in Dallas, oh, they don't stupid. do it. In I'm being stupid. We're talking the Red River game, right? Yeah, this, this, yeah, are not yeah. In. The SEC it, championship is at Jerry the World. Old, the original Cotton Bowl, the old Cotton Bowl. Yeah, yeah. every year, and it's always at like in twelve o'clock Eastern too. So, um, yeah. Excuse me. Sorry, guys. That that was a brain fart. Like I know, I know that. I just forgot. Um, oh, Vitrit says as far as the restaurants, nothing specific in terms of uh, Italian spots. Lots of good places out this way, which I believe. I'm sure of that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So, if you do come out west and you would like some information about like stuff we could do, uh, I will be happy to provide it. Let me know. It'd be great to meet you again. I've seen you before though. We were yeah. we met at Bobby V's. Remember back in the day? Uh, that me, you, mm-hmm. Panther, Rollins, Rollins, yeah, and and yachts, yachts, right? Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good time. Yeah, I was doing some. I was doing work in Stanford when you when you came in, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it worked out perfectly. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, if you do, have you ever been to the West Coast before? Like, um, my, when I was nine years old, we lived in Tarzana for a year. You lived in Tarzana? Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, my father's my father switched jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, family tried it out. Um, I, you know, I didn't know any different. I evidently he he wasn't a, a, a huge fan or a huge fan of his job and we, and we moved right back to Connecticut. No, uh, I don't think Tar- Tarzana would not inspire you to stay around the area very much. No, so you made the right call there. I think to be honest, so it is what it's okay. It's not it's not that exciting. So good call by your dad. 
But so you were in LA for a little bit. Did you? I wonder if you're in the, yeah, you ended up going to a Dodger, Dodger game at all during that time or anything like that. Uh, yeah, our yeah our little league. So we played. I think I may have this backwards. So I played. I played my nine year old uh, year in West Valley Little League. Yeah. Bad News Bears in '77. Their league is called the North Valley Little League. <laughs> so I think that I think they were right around the same complex uh we were so anyway um so yeah our little league took trips almost every weekend to dodger games i saw at least half a dozen dodger games that year awesome it was great we sat out in the bleachers and Mm -hmm. it was terrific oh that's great that's that's always good to see at least once it's an iconic place and and they keep it up the upkeep has been just terrific like it just still ends up being such a nice place to watch a baseball game getting there is a shit show getting out of there's a shit show but once you're there it's awesome yeah but it's always been that way um, let's see. Sharon says Cotton Bowl midway between Norman and Austin, which is exactly why they do that. It's like it's a halfway point, so all the yeah. fans can attend. It's always been the thing. Um, like the yeah. Georgia Florida game in Jacksonville, which is yeah, same idea. World's largest outdoor cocktail party, really great. Yeah. Tony P's. Oh, you got to go to Tony P's if you find your way to the West Side. Meet me at Tony P's. That's an awesome sports bar. It's really good. It's in Marina Del Rey. If you happen to be around. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so, well, this has been a lot of fun. Um, any final thoughts before we close this up tonight? Uh, no, I, you know, I'm just just back to the soccer thing. I'm I'm looking forward to you you getting a little more involved, whether whether it's on the board or whether it's on Twitter, and you know, bringing some of your Everton passion to it. the to the table. No, I love it. You know, my friend Jacob Rosales Hunt has been a, been a fan of it theirs for a long time too. So it'll be easy to have someone else like to root with them, root for them with me. So between the two of us, we should have a good season. Um, at least a good time following it. I don't know if they're going to be good, but hopefully they will be. Um, yeah, and it's and you know, I mean, and, and I've said it to you before. You know, the great thing is that like, the matches are on it. Most of them are, 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 are around 10 a.m. Yeah. It would be 7 for you. Mm-hmm. It's like your team's game is over by 9 for for you. You, know, you sit there and have breakfast or whatever and watch your team, and then you you got your whole day in front of you. Yeah, that, that you part's know, pretty part good. Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, getting up early part is going to be tougher, but it's not that big a deal. I tend to be up about that time anyway, so it doesn't that doesn't really worry. That doesn't worry me too much. So, yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. So good to see you again. Yeah, you got it. Thanks. Yeah, same here. Thanks, thanks for having me, Dave. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Well, that was a lot of fun. Thanks to you on the chat too. Really good stuff, you guys. Great, great juice. Uh, Goober USA, Vtred, Ron in New Jersey, LT, y'all. This is a great program. Hope you enjoyed it, everybody. Um, if you missed any of it uh, during this live stream, you can catch our replays here on the YouTube YouTube feed. The uh, on-demand replay will be up right here on this on this page. If and uh, for the rest of y'all. Um, for the rest of y'all, for the rest of you, um, you can check out dickcow.com for all of our replays and all of our podcasts going back pretty much the entire history of the show. So thanks everyone. Have a good rest of your week. We've enjoyed it. Thank you to parcels once again. Um, and if, and once again, if you want to keep in touch with us at didcow on Twitter, dickcow.com, and then you can subscribe to us, Apple podcasts, search for Dave in the city out West. Thanks so much, everyone. Enjoy. All the Olympics too. We'll see you next time.